Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 5. I'm Stephanie Rose, Sunlight's Community Manager, and I'm joined today by Judy from Sunlight and Katie, the blogger and homeschool mom behind HomefrontLilies.com. We're going to talk all about overcoming your fear of homeschooling. When you suggest the idea of homeschooling to some parents, they immediately say, not me, shake their hands in disbelief, and maybe even change the subject. Dig a little deeper, you may find that the real reason for dismissing the possibility of homeschooling is out of fear. Fear of not knowing where to begin, lacking the patience to teach a child, the time commitment required, even the lack of confidence in the ability to teach some or all subjects. These are only some of the reasons why homeschooling seems an impossible task. Truth be told, every parent that has decided to homeschool has faced these and likely other fears and concerns. Today we explore the topic of overcoming fears and offer concrete suggestions for removing any barriers between you and homeschooling your children. Join me as we turn the page on this topic. Hello everyone and welcome to Overcoming Your Fear of Homeschooling. Today I am joined by Judy and Katie. Judy is with Sunlight and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Judy, why don't you welcome and why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Steph. So yes, I'm a homeschooling mom of three, um, all of whom have graduated from school and graduated from college and Um, Now, actually, I have grandchildren who are um, coming up to school age. And so, yes, I'm passionate about uh, Sunlight Curriculum because it was such a positive experience for our family. Um, I'm also the marketing sales coordinator for Sunlight. So it's a privilege to be able to actually work with different Sunlight moms and have them go out and talk to people on the convention floor. And even though you didn't see us this year, Mm -hmm. we're believing that that's going to happen again next year. And so hopefully we'll be able to see you on the convention floor. Great. Welcome. Thank you, Judy. And I'm also joined by Katie. Katie is a blogger at homefrontlilies.com. Katie is also, um, she has contributed to the Sunlight blog before. She's an um, avid Sunlighter and she wrote this wonderful post that sort of spurred this conversation. I'll let Katie introduce and then I'll go a little bit further into that. Katie, welcome. Thank you. Um, Like Stephanie said, my name is Katie and I am a mom of four kids and we have been homeschooling. We're starting our ninth year um, and we've been using sunlight all nine of those years. Um, I'm also married to Michael, my husband, who is a minister. So I, you know, partner with him a lot in our ministry. And it's just a crazy, busy, <laughs> exciting life. <laughs> I am sure. Thank you so much for joining us. Katie wrote this great article and it was called Overcoming Your Fear of Homeschooling. And so we want to talk a little bit about how you can overcome your fears and um, how you can sort of, how you can take that approach even with sunlight. So um, the first question that I have is probably one a lot of parents experienced, either parents who are homeschooling already or just starting or Um, were sort of pushed into facilitating school at home this last year. 
tell me how you handle it if your child gets overwhelmed with homeschool or school in general. How do you handle it if your child gets overwhelmed? Katie, why don't you start? Okay, sorry. Um, well, what I was going to say is when I feel overwhelmed or when my kids feel overwhelmed, I think the best thing to do is just take a break, whether that break is for 30 minutes, for an hour, for a week, you know, like just depending on the circumstance and the situation. Um, so recently I got the book, The Cure, um, that Amy has written. So I read that and it was just so like, it was like a light bulb went off um, because it just made so much sense as to why when our kids get overwhelmed and they put up that wall and after that, it's like, no more, I'm done, you know, and they just put up that wall and it's not coming down. So something I have found um, to do when that situation happens, especially using sunlight, what I do is I'll take our read aloud and say, okay, we're gonna stop, get out some colors, get out Legos, whatever, you know, that they enjoy doing and I'm gonna read. Because number one, the number one thing that my kids will tell people is that is their favorite part of school is the read aloud. And so for them to just relax and to listen to that book and just, you know, enjoy a 30 minute chapter or, you know, however long it takes, that kind of, you know, releases that stress and that tension and the overwhelmed feeling that they had. Um, and me too, as well. <laughs> you know, so I think that's probably the number one thing I would say is just take a break Find something that, um, you know, your family enjoys doing and that your kids enjoy doing so that they can just take a breather, <laughs> you know, because if you keep pushing, then it's just only going to get worse, you know. Absolutely. Judy, do you I think, um, yeah, I, I think that's an excellent approach and that certainly worked well in our family over the years. I think one other thing that I found would often work with my kids um, would be a change of environment. So if we were frustrated sitting at the table doing math and there were tears over handwriting or whatever, um, I often would do just what Katie described, say, okay, let's take a break. And a lot of times I would say, let's get outside. And sometimes we just needed to burn some energy. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes we just needed a change of pace or to look at something other than a, a book or a workbook. And uh, so sometimes just a change of environment makes a difference as well. I totally agree on that, especially because we have three boys and sometimes mm -hmm. just saying, okay, run out there and back a couple of times and that, you know, it just kind of helps yes. <laughs> everything come back down. To uh, <laughs> We live in a cul-de-sac and I would be like, okay, I'm going to time you. You have to run around the cul-de-sac for three minutes. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> <laughs> run. Yeah. <It> help. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, I think that all of that is great. The other thing is, you know, there's only a certain amount of time that you should be focused on a particular subject. So if things get frustrating, it's totally okay to put mm -hmm. it down and walk away and do something else completely. So that's yeah. the biggest takeaway, huh? Yeah. yeah. And I, th I think that um, for new homeschool parents, I think that is the reason I said that is because it's so important because when I first started homeschooling, I felt like if we didn't finish this, if she doesn't get it, if it's not, you know, just so, then I'm a failure, you know, and so I would push it and push it and push it. And then I realized I was actually doing more harm than good. So. 
Yeah. So something often that we hear is, man, I'm just not qualified to, to homeschool. How do you overcome that feeling? And what advice do you have for other parents who might be feeling that right now? Well, I would say that if, if you are wanting to homeschool or if you are homeschooling, you're probably going to feel <laughs> unqualified at least once a week or maybe every day because <laughs> I feel that way a lot. Um, but in order to overcome that, I think that there are some things that we can do. So reading books, um, talking to others that, you know, have gone before us that are more mature and, you know, either years or age or um, also listening to podcasts, watching YouTube, but I'll also say that that can also be a, um, a negative sometimes because if we're watching those videos and we're reading books and everything looks perfect, you know, from other people, then we can start feeling bad about ourselves. So you just kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and you have to take it and apply it to yourself, you know, and say, okay, what are some things that I'm learning, but I don't have to be like those people, you know, I'm, I'm my own person, you know, so I just have to take a few things and uh, apply them to, to our life, you know. You also have to remember that you are your child's best teacher. Yes. Um, you are the person who is the most motivated to see that child succeed, even though there are wonderful school teachers out there. Um, none of them are related to your child. And so mm -hmm. um, you have a high level of motivation to see your child succeed. And, and who taught that child how to get dressed and to tie their shoes and um, to cut a piece of meat on their plate? You did. And so you already have that teaching relationship with your child. Mm -hmm. That's great. So there are so many curriculums out there. I'm going to let Judy lead this one because the first thing I want to do is talk about the different types of homeschooling. And then we can talk about how you picked each individualized, you know, each, how you pick the curriculum that best works for your family. So Judy, why don't you talk a little bit first about what types of curriculum there are? Well, when I started um, homeschooling back in the dark ages, there weren't that many to choose from. But today, if you walk into a uh, a homeschool convention and step into the exhibit hall, it can be like a overwhelming kind of glaze your eyes over experience because there are so many uh, choices out there and that's wonderful and, it, and it's a great opportunity. But, but if you are feeling overwhelmed, a lot of times what helps is to maybe um, get them into manageable categories or chunks. And so some of the, the better known types of homeschooling would be um, a very traditional workbook, textbook approach to homeschooling. Um, probably what we were um, used to when we went to school. Um, and so there are a number of companies out there who follow that type of program for homeschooling. Um, then another type of um, homeschooling style um, is what's called a unit study approach where it's more topical and you take all of the school subjects and kind of build them around a topic like baseball or maybe nature or animals or whatever. And you tie a lot of your um, school studies into that topic. And a lot of kids um, find that to be very engaging. Um, then there is what um, we call a literature-based approach to homeschooling. Um, and that is exactly what sunlight is. That is where 
um, many subjects like science and history and Bible, instead of using textbooks to learn and to teach those subjects, we use good literature and we do that because when you wrap literature knowledge in, the in a story form like you find in literature, it's a much more engaging way to learn. And when you provide context for that knowledge, then kids retain that information much longer. And so for a lot of people, um, ourselves included, obviously, literature-based learning um, is a very good approach. And then you can go all the way to the other end of the spectrum, and you can look at what's sometimes referred to as unschooling or delight-directed learning, where um, instead of following a schedule or a particular mm -hmm. curriculum, you are letting your child guide or give direction um, to your studies based on their interests. Okay. How about how did you pick? I know you said that there weren't a whole lot of choices out, out there when you started, but tell us how you came to find sunlight. Um, we went to a homeschool convention uh, the year couple of years before our oldest was old enough for school um, because she was an avid reader at a very young age. And so we wanted to see what was out there. And we had some very good friends who had had not a, a positive experience with their schooling choice. And so we kind of walked through that experience with them, prayed with them, and kind of went through the steps with them as they chose to homeschool. And so through helping them to do research, we began to consider that for our own kids. And the first year, um, we just chose one because it sounded good and brought it home. And in a very short amount of time, discovered it was not a good fit for our family. But there was no guarantee or anything on it. So we were stuck with it for a year. Um, and throughout that year, though we made the best of it, I was constantly talking to friends and saying, what do you use? What do you use? And fortunately, one of my friends was an avid Sunlight user even back then. Um, Sunlight was a very young company at that point. And um, I was just enamored because it was based on books. And I had a child who loved to read. And so that's how we chose. Katie, how about you? How do you find Sunlight? And what do you think uh, allowed you to, or you know, made you stay? Um, well, when I started looking into homeschooling, because I was not homeschooled, I went to public school and private school and never dreamed that I would be homeschooling my kids. Um, so when I started looking, I had no idea, like I would, it was a, bl a blank slate for me. So I just honestly started, um, looking online. And so I found sunlight online and, um, when I, Fall sunlight the first time I was like I love this this is so great but I still wanted to see what else was out there but every time I would look at something else I would always go back to sunlight <laughs> um but kind of like Judy I just loved all the books and the literature richness of the curriculum and I really really hate textbooks <laughs> so when I saw how we would be learning I was like this is terrific <laughs> So um, my, but I will say my number, I don't want to say my number one reason, but a very, very high up there reason for picking, for finally deciding on sunlight was um, the 
all in all inclusiveness of it because being a first time homeschool mom and at that point we had a kindergartner and two babies like one and three and i was just so overwhelmed with all the choices and like how to even start and sunlight was like hey buy a, you know the all-inclusive package and get started so that to me was such a lifesaver and um after we got it, I was so glad because it's just all laid out and all I had to do was open it up and follow what it tells me to do. So that's kind of how we got started and um, how we stuck with it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to a friend today who was like, tell me about sunlight. And I was like, okay. So I start telling her about sunlight and she's on the, her computer and her website. And she's like, wow, that guarantee wow, you can get everything and you don't have to plan anything? I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the guarantee that Judy was talking about is actually you have up to a year to use, what is it, 18 weeks of the program, yes. up to 18 yeah. weeks of the program, and you can fully, if it's not for you, it's fully refundable. Mm -hmm. But if we offer that guarantee, we kind of know that you're going to love it. Mm -hmm. So we hope that you're going to love it just as much as we do. Um, and the other thing is the all subjects package is the all inclusiveness. It is, yes. it includes everything you need. Um, it includes the history Bible literature, which is the core of, um, you know, what sunlight is the, the foundation. And then it also, you can pick math and science and electives and language arts and all the stuff that your child needs and have it shipped right to your door. So that is inevitably, I think, a lot of what, my, you know, the moms were like, whoa, I don't have to spend all my time planning. I don't have to think. And I, she also said, my friend also said something about the conversations. She said, mm -hmm. you know, we read this book, but I don't know if we'll remember it. And I said, well, you know, with Sunlight, you're sparked to have conversations. Um, there's an entire, you know, with our instructor's guide, there's conversation starters. So, it, you know, it'll give you little tips and tricks on how um, to have conversations about the books that you're reading. And she was like, oh, I wish I had that when I read this book. It was just so interesting to hear her perspective, those conversations that you get to have from the books, also a great thing. And that instructor's guide stuff is really um, Sunlight's um, signature product. It is what pulls everything together and what allows you to certainly open and go um, the, the daily schedule is there, so it tells you each day for each subject exactly what you need to do. There are discussion and comprehension questions built in there and timeline assignments and geography, mapping, map work assignments. And so truly that is the part that I think um, for me is what kept me using Sunlight was the fact that I, as I added children to my homeschool, I didn't have to reinvent the wheel and figure out how much to read each day and go to the library and get all the books. And so, yeah, that instructor's guide truly is, is a lifesaver. Yeah, absolutely. You can, you know, it's just a guide. You can follow it exactly as it's written or you can flex, flex it to fit your life. Do either, do you guys follow it pretty specifically or did you find it was easier to maybe block schedule or, um, you know, change things up a little bit? Yeah, I was going to make a, a little note there for, especially for newer people trying to use sunlight. Um, when I first got it, I thought I had to do everything on it. 
but then I realized I don't have to do everything on it. You know, it's, it's however I want to use it, but it's there for me. Mm -hmm. It's also a great tool for um, keep record keeping. Um, I homeschooled in a state that was um, very regulation heavy at the time. And so I had to be able to prove on a quarterly basis what my children accomplished in school. And so that lovely grid that Stephanie showed you, um, it, you could check mark each box as you complete an assignment or you could pencil a date in when you did the assignment. If you decided that you wanted to skip an assignment, which is totally fine to do, you can put an X through it or use a black marking pen and mark it out. And so, yes, by the time I was done with the school year or each quarter when I had to report, I had a very clear picture of what my kids had done. That really does help with anyone who might feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Have it all scheduled and planned and ready for you to report, all those things. Yes. Um, so tell me a little, Katie, I'm going to ask you this question because Judy said that her children have moved on. Although, Judy, if you want to jump in and, and provide any insight on how your day was back in the day, you certainly can. How, tell me a little bit about what a day in a life homeschooling might look like, how much time it takes, you know, anything like that. Okay. Um, well, right now it looks a little different because we're kind of, um, we are homeschooling year round just because of our lifestyle. Um, it just fits better with us, but um, the summertime is just kind of different because we're kind of hit and miss a lot. Um, but I do have, a, a do block scheduling for our days. So this is, I know you can't really see it, but this is how I break out or break down our day. And so um, I do it by blocks because that way it's kind of more flexible than, you know, eight o'clock we do this, nine o'clock we do this, that, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, so we have a morning time that we just have time to do, um, you know, like get dressed, brush your teeth, that kind of stuff. Um, and then just do some contributions around the house, chores if you want to call them. Um, we have breakfast and Bible together. And then at 9.30ish, we start actual schoolwork. And um, so with, we have, I know I said this, but we have a daughter who's our oldest and then our three boys are the end. So um, my daughter has always kind of done school on her own. And I don't mean like on her own independently. I just mean, I combine a lot with the boys, but with her, I never combine them. And it's just a mixture of oil and water. <laughs> so we just separate them. Um, so I try to get the school done um, with the boys and let her kind of do her thing. And then I'll instruct her as well. But we do that as a block. And then we have a lunch uh, break and do um, lunch as well as you know, play outside or do whatever and just have a break in between. And so then after lunch, we have about an hour um, that if work is not finished or we need to do something else, then we take about an hour to finish up. So usually we're done about two o'clock. Um, and like I said, it's more just kind of a, a guideline, not necessarily like strict times, you know. So. I think the only thing that I would add is, um, Katie described what works best based on her family circumstances. And I think that's really the key is to realize that you can flex your schedule and your day can look like whatever you need it to look like. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about patience. 
I feel like <laughs> as parents, we probably need it. Um, but also if you're thinking about homeschooling or feeling a little overwhelmed about the prospect of homeschooling, or maybe you're in it and you still can't figure out the patience piece of it, you know, maybe is there any advice that you would give that parent worried about having enough patience to continue or to start teaching their child or to, you know, any, anything, anything you can provide. I know sometimes I have to take a moment, find my Jesus and move on. Dark chocolate. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That too. Um, well, the one thing I would say is um, to go slow. I know that may, may not make sense, but here's why I say that, because um, if you go at it just full throttle and you just try to do everything all at one time and just bombard every everybody with everything, then people are going to get frustrated and you're going to get frustrated and you're probably going to lose your patience. But I've learned over the years that if I start the year slowly, um, then we don't get as frustrated and we don't lose patience right off the bat. You know, um, so if we just start with maybe like one or two subjects and kind of work our way into it. Um, so one, you know, for the first week of school, we may do two subjects and that's it. And then the next week we'll add some more. Um, but I've just learned if we, if we just kind of take things slowly and not rush into it, not bombard people or our children, when I say people, um, that it just seems to kind of uh, go smoothly because we're getting used to it together. Does that make sense? It sure does. Yeah, I think too, um, even just in parenting, patient, you are going to lose your patience. There's mm -hmm. no question about that. Um, sometimes it will be outside circumstances and sometimes it may be something that you're struggling with that um, just needs to be resolved, but um, absolutely. And I think we need to realize one of the things that someone told me who was on the path ahead of me in their homeschooling journey was you need to realize that when your children frustrate you, it most often is not a personal thing. It has more to do with their lack of ex understanding or uh, poor expectations about things. And sometimes everybody just needs to step back. And so I would often look at my children and say, I need five minutes of not looking at your face. So please <laughs> go to your room or go in the other room and I'm going to step aside. And I would usually go find someplace quiet and I would pray. And it usually was a prayer of desperation. <laughs> God, I really need you to help me in this situation. And I think if instead of rolling with the emotion of the moment, yep. we can allow ourselves permission to step back and uh, regain our perspective. It benefits our own hearts and it certainly benefits our kids. Yeah. And I think too that um, especially new homeschool parents need to hear this, that it's, you're not going to have great days every day. There are going to be hard days and there are going to be, you know, times that you're like, I can't do this anymore. Um, but I, I wrote um, a post for Sunlight's blog about how bad days are actually good for us. And so, um, and I know that sounds counterintuitive, but they are good because then that way it helps us to step back and reevaluate and it helps us to say, 
you know, do I need to be, do I need to change? Do my kids need a change? Um, it also keeps us humble <laughs> because it helps us to remember that we can't do this on our own strength, that it's the Lord's strength that will keep us, I mean, uh, get us through it. And um, so those bad days are definitely days that, like you said, you have to go and pray that prayer. It's like, Lord, I can't do this. So I do, um, I do want to encourage all parents, you know, that bad days aren't always so bad because they do um, teach us a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Jenny, I know that before you, we've talked about it before, but um, you wrote like a mission and a goals for your homeschool. Mm -hmm. Did you include your children in some of those or did you go through them with your children after you've picked them? Because maybe them understanding some mm -hmm. of the goals of the day or of the year of the week, whatever it looks like, mm -hmm. um, help a little bit too, right? Yes, yes. My husband and I would um, take time somehow, and it varied from year to year, um, whether we would go out to dinner or just go for a walk or whatever, sometime in the summer, and we would spend some time talking about how the previous school year went and where each child excelled and where each child struggled, and then we would set some goals for the coming school year. And we would set academic goals and we would also set spiritual goals um, for our kids. And just a couple. We weren't trying to, you know, have some massive unreachable uh, goal statement for our homeschool. When our children were younger, um, I, I would not say that we included them in those conversations. No, it just became part of um, how we ran our homeschool. And we primarily did it because I found, in, and maybe Katie, you do too, that Long about January or February, after the holiday excitement and drama has died, and living in upstate New York, there's about six feet of snow on the ground, and not a lot you could do outside, I began to wonder, and so did my children, why are we doing this? Um, and so having those goals written down on a little index card on my refrigerator was where I would stop and look at that and say, this is why. When my kids got older, we absolutely shared with them, um, allowed them to set some goals for themselves because our, our whole point ultimately was to make them independent learners and good managers of their time and um, certainly to have a close relationship with and personal relationship with Jesus. So um, yes, we did include them as they got older, but those goal setting sessions were important. Absolutely. Well, the last thing I have is advice. It is like gold, I'm sure, to any new homeschooler or someone who's feeling overwhelmed. What piece of advice would you leave for that person? Okay, um, I have five quick things and I'll go through them really fast. Um, so Judy kind of hit on my first one about identifying your purpose. So if you don't have that goal or that purpose of why you want to homeschool, then you're going to lose sight of what you're doing. And so when the hard times do come, then you're going to be like, where can I bail out? You know, <laughs> why am I doing this? Um, but if you have that focus or that purpose, then you're going to hold on to that. And I love that, um, that you put it on your refrigerator, Judy, to, you know, keep it in front of you always. Um, and then also, uh, 
talk to others. And I know I've I've touched on that before, but um, I just feel like that is such, like, that's a huge thing. Because I remember um, just talking to all these these moms that had homeschooled for a long time and just asking questions and asking questions until they were just tired of my uh, questions. But I also remember as a um, new, or looking for a curriculum, I remember calling Sunlight and just talking to one of their advisors. And I was like, wow, you can actually do that? I didn't know that, you know? So that was a huge help too, just to talk through my questions with someone that was experienced and, um, you know, just was willing to listen. Um, And then also number three is to let your purpose that you set, let that kind of guide what you do and what curriculum you choose. you know, because if, if your family learns or enjoys learning a certain way, then you wouldn't want to waste your time with something that is opposite of what they enjoy, you know, and so just sticking with your purpose to help you find the right curriculum. Um, and then the fourth thing is, like I said a minute ago, is just to find your strength and in the Lord and let his word be your foundation, because that is what's going to keep you grounded. And that's what's going to help you most. Um, Excuse me. Even when those hard days come, he is going to uphold you, even though if you don't feel like it, he's there and he's going to encourage you. And you would be, you would be surprised um, at, you know, a friend may encourage you that day and you're like, well, I really needed that. You know, I mean, there's, there's always going to be some encouragement if you just seek him first. Um, and then lastly, don't let your home be a deter, like deter you from homeschooling. So if you have a small home, don't think, oh, I can't homeschool because I don't have space for things or I don't have a school room or, you know, I don't have this or that. You just have to be creative and use what you have. So in our eight years of homeschooling, we've lived in multiple houses. And so some of them we've had space to put, you know, a room designated for homeschooling. And some of them we haven't. Like this one that we are living in now, I just use a closet. (laughs) You know, like that's where all of our our books go and all of our stuff goes. And then we just do our work at the table or outside or wherever we can, you know. But um, so I would just say don't let that be a deterrent to you. I would, I would tack on, um, find yourself a community, and Katie alluded to that already. Um, look for those who are further down the, the path on the homeschooling journey than you are. And whether that's a, a local co-op or whether it's a, a group of people you meet at your church who are also homeschooling or maybe in your neighborhood, um, Sunlight has a community um, called Sunlight Connections, and you can learn about that on our website as well where you can come and talk with um, moms and dads, homeschooling moms and dads from around the world um, in our closed Facebook group. And you can um, ask questions and they love to share their passion for sunlight. And before you know it, you'll become one of those people who love to share your passion for sunlight, but find your community because we were never intended um, to do life or homeschooling as a solo act. And so God built into us a desire for relationship and you need that community when you're homeschooling. Yes. And I just want to say one more thing now that um, it came to my mind, but if you are a homeschool or a parent wanting to homeschool, but you're like just overwhelmed by the thought of it or you're scared, then I just want to encourage you not 
to let that that fear grip your uh, your willingness to say yes. So if you just say, okay, I'm going to start, then that's that's moving forward. You know what I mean? That's progress. So if we never start, then we won't ever move forward. And so you just got to try it. You know, I mean, if you get into it and you're like, this is not for me, there's other options. You know, I mean, what does it hurt? Absolutely. I appreciate your wisdom and your time today so much. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Katie. I'm Stephanie Rose. I'm the community manager at Sunlight. I realized at the beginning, I forgot to say that. So hopefully you made it to the end because now you know who I am. <laughs> and I am so appreciative of the two of you sharing the um, all your advice, all your wisdom um, on overcoming your fear of homeschooling. Thank you.